A $5.5 million deficit in Hatohone, St John's Finances, has forced the ambulance service to cut back on its staff cover. The charity doesn't expect its cuts to ambulance call-outs to affect the quality of patient care, but lower-priority patients may have to wait longer for an ambulance. Now, the Ambulance Association's National Secretary, Mark Quinn, told RNZ that the ambulance services' cost-cutting measures could hold potentially fatal outcomes for patients. So we've already got problems of ramping at various hospitals around the country, delaying ambulances able to exit the emergency departments and respond out in the community. So now we're doing it with less resources on the day to actually get there, and the prioritisation of those calls means that what appears to be a low security job gets put down in, in, in terms of uh, response times, ending up an hour's delay, when in fact, and as history has shown, some of those responses should have been sooner because they end up becoming quite serious and having negative outcomes for the patient. Hatohone St John's Deputy Chief Executive Dan O's joins us now for more on this. Kia ora, good morning. Good morning. That is a fairly dire warning from the Ambulance Association that people could essentially die because of the reduction in staffing here. What do you say to that? So from a Hatohone St John perspective, um, we have been deploying extra resource at peak times and in difficult areas. So over winter we've deployed um, additional resource um, in, in areas that have been affected by weather events. We've uh, um, impl- uh, deployed additional resource. Um, in addition to that, like everyone, our costs have been running higher, so we have to actively manage those. Now, from a Hatohone St John perspective, I think it's important to note that as people will be aware, our vacancy has been running high over the last two to three years. Um, what that's done is that's enabled us the gap in our finances to up resource at certain times of year and have some um, some gap at other times of year. This year we're finding that our vacancy is actually so low that we just don't have that same gap um, where we can get some financial benefit essentially um, from having shifts that we can't fill. So this year we're having to actively fill up. Uh, so we're having to actively manage that, um, and we're having to do that because our vacancy is the lowest it's been in years. So we've got 207 more frontline staff than we did at the same time last year, um, and that's meaning that we need to more actively manage our budget and our resource deployment to demand throughout the year. So you've actually got more than enough staff? Too many staff. So right now, right now we're in the best position that we've been for years, um, and that's what's created a lot of pressure on us. Um, because we do do not have the same gaps we had previously, and that's put a heck of a lot of um, pressure on our budget. Um, And it's important to us that we have the most amount of resource available when demand is highest. And right now through summer, our demand simply isn't as high as it is through winter. And so my role is to make sure that we manage the service so that we've got the financial debt so that when Kiwis need us to be deploying additional resource at peak times, such as through winter, we've got the financial ability to do that. So in terms of how this would affect patients, will there be any impact? So if a patient has a low acuity issue, so if you've got a non-life-threatening emergency, there may be that there is some delay for you. And so for those patients, we would always say your first port of call should be Healthline um, you know, or your GP. Um, your last point of call, if you've got a non-life-threatening emergency or a non-life-threatening problem, should be the ambulance service. Now, in terms of, in terms of where we're managing our recall, so in areas where we've got a network of ambulances, that's where 
we're managing our recall budget. If you've only got one ambulance locally, so for example, if you're in Tiana, clearly we're going to make sure we recall in those areas so you've got coverage in your community. Okay, um, and just just in terms of what is urgent and what isn't urgent, uh, how is that triaging done? Because a person may not be in a fit state to to know where they fall in that. Yeah, that's right. So when people dial triple one, they're triaged by a call handler using a prescribed set of questions using an international system. Effectively, that system aims to triage people into two categories. The first is life-threatening, the second is non-life-threatening. If you've got a life-threatening emergency, then you will get the closest ambulance response, and so that, that might be a manager, that might be a rapid response vehicle. In some areas, that may be support from Fire and Emergency New Zealand. That won't change. If you've got a non-life-threatening problem, one of two things will happen. Either you'll get an ambulance when one is available, and if it's a not-life-threatening problem, and we've got people that call us because they have a sore ankle from sport on the weekend, now clearly they might not be mobilising, but they don't need an ambulance right now. Um, And so those patients, if they're non-mobile, will get a delayed response. For everyone else, um, you'll get a phone call back from a nurse or paramedic who will ask you a number of questions to assess whether or not you need an ambulance response or actually whether or not a health provider, another health provider is best um, suited to meet your health needs. Okay, thank you for your time this morning. That's Hato Horne, St John's Deputy Chief Executive, Dan O.